All right, everybody. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. On today's episode, there's some Nazem Kadri news out there. And for Avalanche fans, they probably don't want to hear it. Nothing is official. And we'll talk about that, how things kind of get out into the social medias and people kind of take it as gospel. I'm not saying it not that it, that it might not happen. It very well could. But people are jumping to the conclusion that it's all over with. We will talk about that. We have two grades to get to, both with the last name of Johnson. We will get to that. Uh, Adidas will no longer make jerseys for the NHL teams after this upcoming season. And since it is the offseason, there's always things that we catch up on. So there's some uh, for, for the next several weeks, Kyle and I will throw out shows or movies or books if we're in the reading mood whatever we feel like doing uh and kind of throw it out to you as a locked on avalanche recommendation so all of that and who whatever else we get to it's back to school week at locked on avalanche you're locked on avalanche your daily podcast on the colorado avalanche part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Do you have a Veronica Vaughn uh, teacher yet? Uh, or, or no? <laughs> Not yet? Uh, Not yet. All right. Uh, thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, everybody, and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, your humble host here over at Lockdown Avalanche. And uh, follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. So we didn't do a, an episode yesterday. And um, I, I was thinking, because we didn't, would what we would have talked about if we did have a Monday show, which obviously would have been the Nazem Kadri stuff, would, have that, would that come to a conclusion on Monday? And then the episode that we're recording right now, we'd have a finality to it. We don't. And I and I still think that is telling. And 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 so what happened was uh someone that's associated with the Islanders and their scouting department. I don't even know who this person is, and he admits that he is not an insider. He put up a tweet um that is now making the rounds, and he said he spoke to what uh, was it a scout? He talked to a scout yeah. or something to do with the whole situation with the Islanders and Kadri. And he says that he, this person said, it's all but done that Kadri is going to the Islanders. The Islanders are just trying to make enough cap space. That in and of itself is not like necessarily new because I've been hearing from many people that the Avalanche are trying to do or were trying to do the same thing. I don't know where the Avalanche stand right now, uh, but but I do know that that. Yes, the Islanders, as long as the Avalanche were trying to, to do the same thing, essentially, trying to make cap space. This is out there now. It is it is just taking the Avalanche fandom by storm, and even the Islanders fandom by storm, thinking that this is over. It very well could be. I don't I don't know. I, maybe this is the finality to it. Uh, but I guess let's talk about if it does happen. And if you think it will happen, do you think it is a, a done deal where Nazem Kadri is going to the Islanders? 
it's a weird way to go about business, especially that's a Lou Lamarillo joint over there in the aisle. Um, mm-hmm. You don't think he would run it like Vegas, like sign your team and worry about the cap later. Um, like it sounds very similar to how things were rumored. Like as, as long as they move Sam Gerrard or JT Comfort, Nas is back. That was the rumor for a little while. Right. And now for some reason, a scout says, oh yeah, it's a done deal. It's not a done deal until you sign on the line. And you would want to, I mean, if the Avalanche tried to move Sam Gerrard, why is he still a member of the team right now? It Are, are the Islanders trying to move pieces as well? And are they stuck? Like, you're going about it the wrong way. And I feel like it's just another fan base kind of getting loud at the moment. And maybe this might be something from Kadri's camp, like stirring up a little bit of interest. Like, let's get this moving along a little bit. Cause right. I don't know where it's getting stale, but there is literally nothing coming out of either camp, either team. Wow. And now this tweet is what everybody's clinging on to. Which I don't, I genuinely feel like this is it. Like this, these are the, the final two teams for Kadri. And I really wonder if he, if he's going to look back at this and, and say like, I maybe should have done it a different way. Because, yeah. Well, let me preface that by saying, <clears throat> depending on what he, he makes, yeah. you know, if, if it's less than what he was asking for, you have to wonder if he didn't wait and, and, and you just go out and you, you strike in those opening moments of free agency, would you have gotten a little bit more? I, I, I gotta, I gotta think it's hurt him a little bit in the pocket to, to take his time with this. Maybe he's always wanted to do that. Maybe he's being very picky about where he's going. And, but, but what's happening, this is what's happening right now with both the avalanche and the Islanders is really what, any team is going to have to do in this situation if they want him and they're going to have to pay him, they have to move pieces around because teams have soaked up a lot of their, their, their cap space money. And now he's kind of stuck in this situation where like, okay, he, he can stay with the avalanche if they can move pieces around and he can go to the Islanders and he wanted to go to a, a contending team. You know, the avalanche are the Islanders, I mean, kind of are I, I, they? They played poorly last year. I, I, I they have talent. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, I don't follow them enough. Maybe I'll talk to Gil. Uh, I don't follow them enough to to know if they can have if they can just forget about last year and just turn it around. And you know, they had that whole situation with they played so many games on the road to start the year because their arena wasn't done. That takes a, a toll on a team. I'm not making excuses for them, but. That won't happen this year. So if they just to them, this season is going to be a normal season to start the season, and you're not having your first home game in December. So is he looking at that? Is, is Kadri looking at that, saying like, "Yeah, that's just a fluke of a season for them." I really feel like they can turn around, especially if they add me. Okay, fine. Yeah. If you feel that way. I understand him going there, but I, I just have to keep wondering if. By waiting this long, he's kind of just it funneled himself into, all right, now I really only have two options. And honestly, like if you look at all four teams, like there are four, um, like you've been hearing loud rumors about Calgary this whole time. Would you not view them more of a contender than the Islanders? And New Jersey, ever since they lost out on Johnny Hockey, like they have also been trying to fill that next piece 
And honestly, with the moves that New Jersey has made, do they not look like a better roster team other than the goalie position than the Islanders? And if Nas says, I want to go to a contender, if you're deciding between the Avalanche and the Islanders, I think the decision is made. So, yeah, it's what to believe, because if you're going off just Nas and what he said, we're just waiting on Sackick and McFarland to get something done. That's why the Islanders feel weird. Like if this was a Calgary type thing, if I heard it's a done deal, we're making cap space in Calgary, I would be worried. Mm-hmm. This feels like more of a, like, okay, he's gone. That's a good team, and he's going to make them a great team. The same with probably New Jersey. You would have that same feel, but the Islanders, that just doesn't feel like a good fit, period. I think it's a Lamorello thing. Like, he, when he was in Toronto, sure. um, that was his guy, and he kind of, you know, I think he backed him for as long as he could, and then, yeah. um, you know, he moved on, and Kadri moved on, and, I, I gotta think that's a that's a big connection for him. I, I, that's that's kind of maybe that the if Lamarillo wasn't there, maybe sack. Uh, excuse me, maybe Kadri doesn't have that much interest in in the Islanders um, because it's just odd that a team that did done nothing in in free agency to make their team better. If they did, Kadri could be looking at it saying like these are the moves that they've made in this offseason. I want to go join that. I think I can put them over the edge. Okay, I, I I would I would get that. But right now, the only connection I'm seeing is Lamarillo and a team that maybe may it's a big maybe with the Islanders right now. They are a a weird team to really like kind of pick through, and and you you really want to see how they start the season. If they start good, big like, okay like. Let's see them continue it, but this is what we were expecting from them last year. If they start poorly again, there's going to be a ton of questions about about that team's makeup and why did Kadri pick them. And it's not so, a fan base you want to disappoint either because they are very vocal. They are, and and they were on the on the rise. You know, mm-hmm. I, I picked them. I I picked them to go up against the Avalanche in in the Cup final this past year. And I think they let a lot of people down. So maybe it was just a fluke year. You know, us Avalanche fans, we're used to uh, a bad year and the very next year turning it around. So it's mm-hmm. possible. And he would help them. He would help them, no doubt. So I'm kind of, you know, how, how we've always been saying, like, that we're just this this roller coaster th- ride with Kadri of nobody signing him in the first few days, which made me feel like, okay, the Avalanche are still in this. And then, like you, you mentioned the Sam Girard thing. Everybody, I don't want to say everybody. I think some people have kind of stepped off of that, that ledge of like, let's trade him. I, there's still a vocal presence of people wanting to trade him. And like I've said so many times before, if the Avalanche wanted to make this work and bring back Kadri, and all they had to do was sign Sam Girard, that is the simplest thing that the Avalanche could do. So many teams would be lining up to take Sam Girard to get that $5 million off the cap and put it in Nazem Kadri's pocket. The fact that they haven't done that just makes me feel like it's not going to happen, and there's other ways that they need to free up this space. I don't know if it's get a third team involved, which is, you know, now you're hearing things like if they can't sign Kadri, where do they go? Mm-hmm. Do 
you're with, with Chicago just having this fire sale of everybody, you know, uh, Taves and Kane are going to be out there for the entire season until they get traded, whether it's to the Avalanche or not. You're going to be hearing those two names until, until the trade deadline. I don't know if the Avalanche want to do that. If they do, they absolutely have to get a third team involved because there's no way they can take on those contracts. It's just a, a crazy scenario right now. And I'll say this in the beginning when I, when I said it doesn't mean it's a done deal. It's not a done deal because nothing has been announced. But it just, you know, I've been talking about like these feelings I have going through the roller coaster of emotions with Kadri. Right now, the feeling is, yeah, he's going to Long Island. And maybe it's just a day or two for the Islanders to f- figure out how to make it work. And then he's there. That's how I feel tonight. I'm, I'm honestly of the, the mentality of just wake me up when it's over. I've, <laughs> I'm so sick of every team having a shot and, oh, he's coming back. Oh, no, he's not. Yes, he is. Just wake me up when the notification hits my phone. And then I'll be like, I could either be happy or uh, whatever. It's crazy. It's crazy that it's still going on. It, it really is. So uh, I, I don't want to say we'll, we'll have an end to it tomorrow because I genuinely don't know, but it's possible. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like you. I'm waiting for that notification to come through. Just saying Nazem Kadri signs with fill in the blank. All right. Uh, we have two grades to get to the Johnson and Johnson boys, and we will do that right after we hear from bet online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, which is right around the corner. Can you feel Mm. it, Kyle? Yes. Yes, I can. The NBA, of course, the NHL, eSports, golf, and of course, our favorite, the combat sports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. That's betonline.net where the game starts. All right, sir. Two grades to get to, and we do them alphabetically. So we have two guys named Johnson. Uh, so we will get to uh, which I mean, I know we could do Eric Johnson first, since you know he is the E and we have Jack Johnson as the J. Which one would you rather cover? We're doing both Johnsons. Would you what, you want to do Eric Johnson second because you get the tenure? Or you want to do Jack Johnson first? Let's do Eric Johnson second. Okay. So Jack Johnson, and this was across the board for social media where they all gave him a C. It was a little bit close on Twitter, on excuse me, on Instagram for wanting to give him a B, believe it or not, but C did win out. And uh, th- there were. Um, couple of d's and f's thrown in there as well on all the social media platforms but they all did give him a c what do you got for jack johnson i believe he is the first to receive such a grade okay jack johnson banana pancakes himself it's a c minus and i'm talking on a thin line of a d very thin line Okay. When we go back and we talked about every time the Avs hit a slide or had a bad game, there was usually a horrific Jack Johnson turnover somewhere in that game. And it just 
amplified everything. And you, he kind of became the scapegoat because his turnovers were atrocious and was not much for points, but it's not to be expected. He's a hundred years old. Um, it was just not the greatest year for Jack Johnson. Granted, he hit some milestones. That was great. Yeah. But I mean, 1,024 games and you have 312 points in your career. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. That's, he's not known you, for his points. You know what I mean? Like that's only part of his his game. And it's been a rapid decline since 2014. So it's thanks for everything, Jack. But that was <laughs> was not your best effort on the ice. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think he he's got a C minus, and I and I think. You know, he started out the year better than you could have ever have hoped for. He, he was yeah. on a a tryout basically, and um, the Avs the Avs kept him, and he made himself a, a viable option for a lot of the season when it when it came to defense. That's his game. Like he's he's a big body, and that's always something that you do want on the defensive end. Um, but it was just, I, I kind of feel like as the season went on, just his age and, and the, the, the rigors of an 82 game season just started to catch up to him. And he was making some really just bad defensive plays. He was taking some really bad defensive angles on guys had really bad, like gap control on, on defense. And I think that's just, I, I just, I'm not trying to pick on the old guy because I'm older than him. But <laughs> I, when, when you're playing a sport uh, that demands like speed and, and you know, proper positioning, especially on the defensive end, just seemed like he he lost it as as the season went on. Um, go ahead. Are you going to say something? Did he not open the season in scoring? Well, that's where I was going to go. Like because he, he started he started the year on a tryout, made the team scored the very first goal of the season. Didn't just score in the game. Scored in the very first goal of the season on a beautiful backhand against Chicago. And this surprised me when we were looking up stats. That's the only goal he scored yep. the entire season. Yep, that's it. That I didn't it. know that, man. Like <laughs> I, I thought he had a couple more here and there just peppered in throughout the year. That was it. Wow, uh, th- that one did catch me by by surprise. I I, I just I- I'm still kind of in shock over that. That you know the very first goal of the season was scored by Jack Johnson, and he refused to score the rest of the year. Um, you know, as far as his season stats go, that single goal with eight assists for a total of nine points. Uh, you know, for a defenseman that that's his game is is defense. Um, you know, six foot one, 227 pounds. I'm not looking for him to score 30 points on the season, but maybe somewhere near 20 would be nice, just as like a nice little buffer to, you know, he 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 has the capability of doing that. And you know, you know who scored more goals than him in the season? Curtis McDermott. Curtis McDermott had two goals on the season. He's now God tier. <laughs> so yeah, a little surprising, and I just feel like he even his he, his reliability on the defensive end kind of just went down as the season went on. 
So unfortunately, like he's a guy you root for because you wanted to see him win the cup and he had his thousand one thousandth game played. Uh, but it doesn't take away from you know when when he when he's got his the puck on his stick, you're you're holding your breath a little bit. So yeah, I'm with you on a C minus. Yeah, and 74 games played, only nine points. And how many games this year did the Avs have six or seven point like goal nights? And you can't find your way on the score sheet and those efforts. Like, I mean, if this was a shortened season, like if this was Eric Johnson last year, um, only seeing four games, like that's understandable. But 74 Mm -hmm. games, you had a chance out there. You could have been on these scoring lines, a secondary assist even. Like you're saying. I mean, like with, with, for, with, with a team that scores so much, um, even even when that's not your game, mm-hmm. you know, I probably could have scored nine points on the on the Avalanche this year. Bednar could have, and he has <laughs> yeah, a terrible plus minus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I wonder how many points did the goalies have this year? How many how many points did uh, did Francois and and Kemper have? They probably had a, a few. Not not they're probably not that far behind Jack Johnson. Is my point. <laughs> it's Jack Johnson and then the goalies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Then we move over to Eric Johnson. You know, he's one of the the all time favorites in the eyes of uh, Avs fans. Um, and across the board on social media with him was all B. Um, there was a close one between a B and a C on Twitter. I think it was. But uh, overall, everybody gave him a B. And you're right. Like, he did have, I guess you could say, a bounce-back year because the mm-hmm. year before he only played those four games when he smacked his face on the ice, um, never came back. And for this year, 77 games played, eight goals, 17 assists, 25 points, a plus 22 on the season. So I thought it was a very solid year for Eric Johnson. Yeah, and this I give him the other side of this grade. I give him a C plus. This is your prototypical seventy five percent C plus grade. You did enough. You did what you had to do. Nothing great. Nothing terrible. Like it was, it was an incredible year, and especially like the point you brought up about playing only four games last year. There wasn't really a slide. There wasn't any terrible moments. Like he did exactly what was asked, and this is a C plus. Like. This is Eric Johnson. Yeah. Like, roll game footage. This is him. For, like, this is the one guy where I am going to up his grade, almost a full letter grade, not because of, of what he did in the postseason, because he did he did what he normally does. He didn't yeah. like outplay himself in the postseason, but just the fact that he was the one guy we all wanted to see win it. Yeah. So you are getting brownie points just for that, Eric Johnson. Because of that, I'm giving you a flat B. Maybe that's too high, but for him, I don't care. He deserves it. We all wanted him to see, wanted him to win it. We wanted to see him win it. We wanted to see Gabe Landeskog hand him the cup. We got to see that moment. So for that, you get a B. And and I don't think that's far off from what most people would, would get. I mean, you're giving him a C plus. I think most people give him a, a C plus to a B minus. I I still like Eric Johnson. He is again a defensive player first. I if Jack Johnson could have come close to getting 25 points, you'd be right up there with him. Yep. But you you get kind of both you get you get gr- a really good defensive player in Eric Johnson and the ability to score 
Like he he it's not like he's going to to just wow everybody and just put up Kale McCarr like numbers on a defensive, but you have to be mindful of him because he can, if you're an opponent, because he can score if given the opportunity. He has that capability. So um we're yeah, at, he's but, had highlight real goals this year. Like when when he decides that he needs to score, he can. He just doesn't yeah. need to. <laughs> no, no, but the two stats um, that I found on Money Puck eliminate Josh Manson because they got him at the trade deadline. He had the most hits for the abs at 148. Um, and then the other one, which is pretty telling, is shots blocked by a player mm. per 60 minutes. And he had far and away the most on the team at 6.3. In second place, which you maybe can eliminate because they didn't play a ton, was Ryan Murray at 4.72. So you can eliminate that one. So who's next on the list? Sam Gerrard at 3.7. So you had almost double the amount of blocked shots per 60 than the next guy in Sam Gerrard. That's a defensive player. That That is wearing uh, – you know, and also let's not forget – that he he made himself available in in the Seattle Kraken draft. Made himself available, kind of knowing that Seattle wasn't going to take him. But still, he didn't have to because he has a no movement clause. He did that for what the team. Yep. He gave up his his A, his uh, you know assistant captain. Um, you know he's he's the consummate team player and just the guy you want on on this team. And you love and Kate was debating retiring and yeah. decided like I'm going to give it one more shot with these guys because he believed in them so much. And yeah, I, I completely I, I agree with your B, but I'm sticking with my C. I, get it. I I have no no qualms with that uh with that B at all. Yeah, it's it's uh you know if I'm a teacher, I, I'm I'm giving him you know the B because uh, of what you've accomplished. It's more or less of like what you've yeah. done over your career. More this is the one so. time I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we hold off on the Adidas thing until tomorrow? Cause we're running a little bit late here. So we'll hold off on the Adidas thing. Um, plus there's not a ton going on. So we always have something to talk to. Go ahead. If you do have what you would like to see the Avalanche or the NHL pursue when it mm. comes to manufacturers of your jersey, please drop it in the comments. I'm yeah. very interested about we'll that. We'll be talking about that. Uh, but what we will will be doing for, I don't know if it's every episode, but every few episodes maybe, um, kind of throwing out there some recommendations for you to do in your free time when there's no hockey around. Uh, so I should say when there's no NHL around. There's always hockey mm-hmm. going on somewhere. But uh, as the NHL takes a break, it's kind of when we kind of catch up on some shows, some movies, whatever we need to catch up on. So, or revisit things like Mr. Shaggy Von Doom uh, might suggest right here. So, we're going to throw things out to you to watch. Could be on Netflix, Hulu, Disney, whatever the case may be. Uh, but just things that we're we're watching right now. So, what do you got? Right now, I am watching for the first time with my children. I have seen the series many times. We are rewatching the Harry Potter series. Going the whole experience, getting my kids going through the sorting quiz, finding your house. I like knowing this is your house and this is what you're following through the movies. We're going to complete the movies and then transition into the books at bedtime. Oh, so, very nice. 
Um, and and I haven't read the books, but um, I, I've heard I've heard that the movies are pretty consistent with the books, correct? Until about the fourth movie, once like Goblet of Fire is a thick book, you could build a house on Goblet yeah. of Fire. That then it kind of takes some liberties and condenses some things, but okay. The beginning, they do a really good job sticking close to the source material. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Um, and actually, it was on in my house today. Hey. Sorcerer's Stone was on, uh, and I just put it on in the background because when I get home from work, there's really like nothing on, so I just yeah. threw it on in the in the back. And there's it's always it's always good, man. Just to mm-hmm. they're like timeless movies. They are. They really are. And did I tell you, I met her, J.K. Rowling. Really? I met J.K. Rowling. My, my cousin, uh, it was the year 2000. So there's only a couple books out then, right? Because I, I think like the yeah, late 90s that... when she got started, it really didn't take off to be like a phenomenon until like halfway through the series, I think. But yeah, she only had a couple books out. And my cousin, uh, she's a, a brainiac. She went to Dartmouth, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we go to Dartmouth for her, um, her graduation. And, you know, they give out, um, what are they called? Like, like diplomas, like to celebrities. Ceremonial doctorates. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So there was like five people that were getting them. um, And she wasn't even the number one headliner. The headliner was Hank Aaron. I met Hank Aaron too. Cameron Hank. Yeah. He was there and, and she was there too. And they had like this this line you could just walk through and like shake all their hands. So I, sh- I just shook her hand and said, I, I didn't know to my brother is a teacher. He's an elementary school teacher. So he knew about it. So he was kind of excited to meet her, but I, I wanted to meet Hank Aaron. She was yeah. okay. I met, I met her, but I wanted to meet Hank Aaron, but yeah, you I, should I have did. told her not to put out the last book in a play form. That is so hard to follow. Oh, that's how it's presented. A cursed child about after the movies is oh, okay in okay. a play <laughs> format. It's like, okay. a gotcha. it's, Totally, um, so weird. And I have heard the the uh, the audiobooks are fantastic. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, yeah. So that was one of the bright spots of the pandemic was the the actors reading a chapter of the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, did they really? They did. That's a great idea. Very cool. Uh, good one. Yeah, can never get get bored with with some Harry Potter. <coughs> Excuse me. For me, I'll throw two out there. One is is new. Just came out like a month ago. And I think I sent you this trailer when it came out and it's the new Rowan Atkinson series on Netflix, man versus B it's if you like Rowan Atkinson stuff and and you're into like Mr. Bean, it's it's not Mr. Bean, but it definitely could be a Mr. Bean episode. Um, You got to watch it. It's, it's, it's just silly comedy, but he's, the perfect guy for it. And basically, if you haven't even heard about this, he is house sitting these super rich, the super rich couple who's going on vacation and he's house sitting for them. And by the end of it, and I'm not spoiling anything because in the, in the first 30 seconds, he's, he's at trial because he's burned their house down, smashed every wor- worthless piece of, or not worthless. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, these these uh, pieces of art that are just, you know, worth millions and millions of dollars he's destroyed their entire house trying to kill a bee <laughs> it's it's honestly it's a lost form of comedy that he's always kept alive like it's yeah. kind of gone the way of the wayside it's almost like originating with charlie chaplin and then 
he's kind of keeping that kind of mimish kind of yeah. quiet more oh, mannerisms man. as the humor it just keeps going up and up and up yeah. and, and and it's a quick watch like the first episode is 20 minutes but all the other episodes which i think there's only eight or nine of them are like 10 minutes long so you can fly through it it's, it's the the all in all it's it's the length of a regular movie but they just divided it up into episodes um if you just if you just want to laugh and just for 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 an hour plus and not like all this excess stuff going on in the world and you just want to forget about it for a little while go watch man versus b it, it'll just it'll it'll put a smile on your face they should have put that on quibi and it would still be around <laughs> it would have been per- that's exactly what i thought it would be perfect for quibi perfect yep. um and the other one that's been on netflix for a while now um there's a guy named darren brown who is a yes. mentalist in in england and um he does he there's this it's just over an hour it's a documentary called the push i don't know if you've ever seen this or not i have uh, but he he constructs this experiment to see if this unsuspecting person who's involved in this experiment or doesn't know he's involved in this experiment he just has it, it's this big it's like a not-for-profit and they're trying to raise money for it and he has this guy who's a part of like the the app that they built for the not-for-profit go to the auction to to raise money and everybody is in on it except this guy and he tr- he just does these makes him do these small little things just to see it's it's almost a, a, a he keeps using the the term social compliance like will mm-hmm. we do things that people tell us to do just blindly or just to fit in kind of stuff so he just has him do like these small little tasks and it just com- keeps escalating up and up and up and it culminates in the scene if he will push a human being off the top of a building to their death. It's crazy. I am not going to ruin it at all, but watch it because yeah, and, then, and then really think about what the message is here and how we just kind of uh, we we don't take control of our lives. We kind of just to fit, like I said, to fit in. We mm-hmm. will do these small little tasks, but will we physically go commit murder <laughs> to please other people? It's amazing. It's called The Push. Go watch it. I caught one of his specials, ironically enough, after a David Blaine special. So that was like two oh, hours really? of my life that I just couldn't trust anything anymore. <laughs> Nothing was real. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, great, great little documentary there. So go check those out. Uh, and then if you do, let us know what you thought of them, mm-hmm. especially the push. I want to know what people think of yeah. the push. Yeah, that's, that's really uh, good. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for today. We will be back probably tomorrow or Thursday, uh, depending on what's going on in the world of the avalanche. If the Kadri news comes down, obviously we'll be we'll, we'll come on and tackle that right away. Until then, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Selly. This is the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.